Welcome to Matt Dixon is... This is way too loud. <laughs> is it loud in the headphone? Hey, but for real, uh, welcome to Matt Dixon is Baptist Observer. This is Matt Dixon, a.k.a. the Baptist Observer. There's a lot of things going on in the world, um, and so this is just an opportunity to observe. This is a service to you, so you are... Welcome. <laughs> oh man, there's so much going on uh, today in the studio, uh, which is the upstairs of my parents' house. I have uh, a very special guest, AJ Millsaps. I'm excited about introducing him in just a moment, but I have to start off by talking to this, talking about this quote uh, that I heard in Applebee's. I just got to share it. I can't eat a normal hot dog anymore. It's just not the same. Now, I don't know the context of this. Uh, I don't know why she said this, but all I heard was, is I can't eat a normal hot dog anymore. It's just not the same. In the same way, I hope that, just as I ruined all men for you, I hope that I've ruined all podcasts for you. Here we go. Welcome to... Matt Dixon is Baptist Observer. Just to show you that I love will blow it all away. Yeah. I know everybody here wants you. All right, AJ. So I'm uh, my, my, uh, <laughs> uh, Let's just test it. Keep talking. Here we go. This is the mic check. This counts. Uh, great to be here today. Uh, thank you for having me on. Tell me this. <laughs> okay. Give me a good hearty laugh. Oh, man. Okay, okay, okay. All right, man. I'm in the studio here with uh, AJ Millsaps, man. How you doing? Doing all right. How you doing? Good. Did you have a good drive-in? Had uh, a long drive-in, but it was good for the most part. Long Beautiful scenery. In, long drive-in. Hey, so just so um, all the listeners, um, the five we have... Um, just in case one of the five doesn't know, you know, your kind of situation. Mm-hmm. You want to tell them about yourself, who you are, what you do, where you're from? Uh, sure. My name is A.J. Millsaps. I am from the uh, sprawling metropolis of Wallend, uh, Tennessee. Great place. You should visit. Uh, now I am a seminary student at Westminster Theological Seminary in uh, Glenside, Pennsylvania, just outside of uh, Philadelphia. And just uh, down for a couple of days to visit family, uh, see how things are going. Awesome, man. Awesome. I'm excited you're here. This is our second episode of the Baptist Observer. I'm glad you guys came back. Uh, you signed the pilot, and now you're here for more. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. It's been really a, a crazy week, right? Yeah, it has. <laughs> it's been a while. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of stuff to talk about. Soft. Soft. Uh, but... Uh, we're going to kind of riff on some things in the culture we need to observe, first in the sports world, uh, and then we're going to kind of go into some political arenas, and then we're going to give a good old interview 
uh, to my cousin AJ, see what's going on. But first, we want to talk about the NFL. Pretty crazy stuff, right, man? Oh, yeah. Uh, let me just read this real quick. Uh, this is the policy statement that the NFL released. Um, the 32-member clubs of the National Football League have reaffirmed their strong commitment to work alongside our players to strengthen our communities and advance social justice. The unique platform that we have created is unprecedented in its scope and will provide extraordinary resources and supportive programs to promote positive social change in our community. The membership also strongly believes that, number one, all team and league personnel on the field shall stand and show respect for the flag and the anthem. All right? That's number one. Uh, my first thought is, like, it seems easy to enforce the standing. But what about the showing respect for the flag and the anthem? I know there have been lots of times in my life that I was standing and showing disrespect. So. <laughs> right. Right. Most of my life... Um, the normal disrespect is what I'm standing. Yeah. Right? So who is then the uh, decider of what's respectful or not? I guess Goodell. Goodell. Is it, is it, it Goodell? Yeah, Goodell. I guess it's Goodell. I'm just saying that's that's pretty a uh, wide ranging uh that that standard's kind of hard to It seems pretty subjective to me, you know. I don't <laughs> know how you enforce that. Right. I mean, like if it was my grandparents deciding or if it was like a millennial deciding. Yeah, it's going to be different. Yeah. Okay, anyway. So, uh, pretty arbitrary. The Number two, the game operations manual will be revised to remove the requirement that all players be on the field for the anthem. All right, so in about, I think it was around 2009, uh, post-9-11 world, the military asked for, uh, kind of like as a propaganda machine, the um, the teams to be out on the field during the anthem to like show patriotism, and so now they're reverting that where you don't actually have to be out there. You think that will actually help? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's the way to go. I I find the whole thing kind of silly personally. Uh, you know, why make such a big deal out of something that didn't even used to be uh, a situation? Just go back to the old policy. Uh, you know, why why try to inject all this? Uh, I guess civic religion. Uh, into a, a, a game of football, so so both both sides. I mean, it's I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Just seems uh, like there's a better time and a better place. Okay, but isn't this kind of just uh, punting the problem, if you will? I mean, so right now the 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 big hoopla has been who's going to kneel. I remember actually uh, my mom, who never watches football, tuned into Monday Night Football to watch the Packers play um, to see if anyone would kneel during the anthem. Like, this was, like, a big thing of, like, watching who who would do it and who would not. Uh, and she was mad because they kneeled before the anthem. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. This is a punt. Uh, you know, this is a, a half measure, and so I'm not really sure what this accomplishes. Uh, I think you've got to go all one way or the other. Either allow it or just stay in the locker rooms. This is definitely a punt. I'm just thinking, doesn't the... Doesn't the uh like the conversation just shift to who's staying in the who's locker room. In the locker room. You're tuning in. You want to know. You want to hear Mariah <laughs> right. Carey sing the anthem. Right. And of course. Who's, who's not listening to Mariah Carey sing the anthem? Who is uh, in there tying the sneakers up? Uh, you know, putting on. <laughs> <laughs> who's tying the sneakers up? 
Okay. Yeah. I don't even say sneakers. Listen, as far as I'm concerned, those player those players better tie their sneakers standing. Uh, <laughs> you do not go on me. Respectfully stop tie yeah. those this. Yeah. Number three, personnel who choose not to stand for the anthem may stay in the locker room or in a similar location off the field until the anthem has been performed. Uh, what are some takes on what this similar location to the locker room might be? You know, I've been in a few stadiums myself, and uh, there there is at least one place that I will always uh, stand attentive and respectful, and that's... Uh, in line at the concession stand. <laughs> That's true. So it's like either you're in the locker room or uh, you're waiting to pay $10 for a bottle That's, of water. That's right. Hot dog, <laughs> get a hot dog, get a bottle of water, right. uh, get ramped up for this football game. Would Colin Kaepernick be banned from the NFL if instead of kneeling for the anthem, he was just getting a hot dog for the anthem? Oh. <laughs> I don't want to speculate on what Colin Kaepernick would or would not do. <laughs> okay, a club, number four, a club will be fined by the league if its personnel are on the field and do not stand and show respect for the flag and the anthem. So get this, if somebody is on the field not showing respect for the anthem, uh, I'm guessing this is hand over the heart, is that? I know they have the stand, but... I know, I, do, I don't even do that. I put my hands down in front of me. But do you think that'll be the next thing, maybe? I don't know. Okay. Um, So, if you don't show respect, the team is going to be fined by the league. That's wild. I don't know what this fee will be like. Um, If it'll be a slap on the wrist or something substantial. Uh, I know, interesting enough, I heard that uh, the Jets owner said he would pay the fine for any of his players. Interesting. Hey, well, maybe Steve Kerr uh, out at, uh, with the Warriors will pay the fine. I just saw earlier today that uh, he has called the new uh, policy idiotic. <laughs> <laughs> wow, AJ, he's dropping that uh, Golden State Warriors knowledge. He knows that very well. Number five, each club may develop its own work rules consistent with the above principles regarding its personnel who do not stand and show respect for the flag and the anthem. So... Uh, they're basically saying you can make whatever rule you want mm-hmm. as long as you, those rules include standing and showing respect for the flag and the anthem at all times. I don't know. I'm kind of lost on this one. <laughs> right. I'm not really sure where the flexibility is. It's like, hey, you can make your own rule, um, but the rule has to be you stand and show respect. Yeah. Anyway. But uh, that, here's a question. Okay. Uh, so if they can, you know, riff on the rule and do sort of their own thing, would it be disrespectful if they stood at attention and turned their back away from the field? Is that, is that uh, the next, is that the next uh, kneeling? That's that's where this kind of seems like a, uh, a silly statement because show respect for the flag and the anthem is such a, like, I bet they would say that's, that's not respectful. Right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Number six, the commissioner will impose appropriate discipline on league personnel who do not stand and show respect for the anthem. Uh, so there will be appropriate discipline. Uh, what do you think this is, like a uh, good old-fashioned spanking? <laughs> <laughs> Whoever does not show the proper respect. That's how I was when I was growing up. Yep, yep. You didn't show proper respect. Yep. You got a spanking. Yep. Whooping, as my dad called it. <laughs> well, whooping. Hey, uh, don't worry. Sometimes in our lives, there's a controversy going on. 
and we're just kind of let down because our president didn't have a hot take on it. You know? Yeah. Um, but don't worry. This is what he does have a hot take on. Let's listen in on what he has to say. Some breaking news while you were in there. The NFL has made a decision on something that means a lot to you and a lot of other Americans. The NFL has the owners have voted unanimously to approve a new national anthem rule that says if you're not going to stand, stay in the locker room. If you go to the field, you have to stand. If you have a protest, your team's going to get fined. This is the first time you're hearing this. What's your reaction, Mr. President? Well, I think that's good. I don't think people should be staying in locker rooms, but still, I think it's good. You have to stand proudly for the national anthem. Well, you shouldn't be playing. You shouldn't be there. Maybe you shouldn't be in the country. You have to stand proudly for the national anthem. And the NFL owners did the right thing if that's what they've done. If, if that is the story, do you feel like you push this story forward and you push this to a conclusion? I think the people pushed it forward. This was not me. I brought it out. I think the people pushed it forward. This country is very smart. We have very smart people. And... You know, that's something ideally could have been taken care of when it first started. It would have been a lot easier. But if they did that, they're doing the right thing. Okay, real quick, AJ. Would you describe the American people as a very smart people? Uh, Not in my personal experience. (laughs) But I I have not been all over the country. Sure. I mean, I'm just thinking, you know, there's kind of some accusations of Trump being out of touch with the American people. This may really prove that. (laughs) I mean, for him to make the statement that Americans are a very smart people. Oh, yes, yes. Right. That has, as you said, not my experience. What are your kind of, what's your thoughts on that audio clip right there? Uh, Well, I think it's uh, asinine for the most part. Uh, Particularly, you know, uh, I want to talk about the fact that, uh, that Trump's insinuated that if you would be willing to kneel for the anthem, that maybe you, uh, you know, shouldn't be in the country. I think that's uh, a little much. A little much. <laughs> and you notice, even in the clip, he was like, they should be standing proudly, and they should not be in the locker room. Yeah. So there's the, the, the problem's going to just restart itself. Right. Uh, and I saw this, somebody talking about how in... Week 17 through the playoffs, like, four people knelt. Like, this idea, this thing was dying. Yeah. And now it's been brought sure. up. And, you know, just goes without saying, just for our more uh, conservative listeners, you know, we don't hate the military. Nope. Don't no, want to disrespect them any. Uh, but sometimes, like, this has just been kind of blown out of proportion. And I've even heard, like, NFL players always say they don't want to disrespect the military or the anthem. Uh, but, you know... I think for me, I don't think the standing is inherently problematic, and I don't think the kneeling is inherently disrespectful. Uh, so you know, I I guess I don't I don't have a, a hard opinion either way on that. Uh, so I do think a lot of it has been blown out of proportion. Right, but we're talking about Donald Trump. In the NFL. And, and you know what the reality is? The sad reality The reality is, is there's a plane flying over the house. <laughs> plane flying over the house. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, what's the reality? Uh, uh, the reality is that stand, uh, sit, uh, go in the locker room, buy a hot dog, uh, you're all wrong, it's the Sabbath, uh, you should be in church. <laughs> all right, that's it for that. So to stay in the sports world real quick, I want to talk about Marcel Ozuna. There is a reason, uh, SportingNews.com says, Marcel Azuna was left out of the lineup in the Cardinals' 5-2 loss to the Royals Wednesday. It's just not a good one. Uh, 
St. Louis Star offseason acquisition overslept for the day game and was left out of the game by manager Mike Matheny. The 27-year-old Azuna said he slept through his alarm and apologized after the game. I made a mistake, Azuna said via the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. Everyone can make a mistake. We are human. Listen, who among us has not overslept for a million-dollar event before? Sure. I mean, who, who among us? Uh, Marcel Zunas, you know, 27 years old. This day game is probably at like noon, which means which means the man slept past noon, right? He showed up um, while the game was going on, right? Which makes me kind of think, at what point in time do you try to do some, like, what point in time do you go another route right. in this? Uh, do you say, like, you're sick? You know, one time Derek Rose just didn't show up. To a game, do you say like there was a family emergency? But there's there's he woke up, you know, probably in a panic, yeah, and yeah. had he was like, I gotta get to the field. He's driving, he hits traffic. I'm assuming he's looking at his phone, Google Maps, and saying he's supposed to get there at like 12:07. The game starts at 12, you know, and then it hits him. <laughs> the man's not playing baseball he's not today. He's not gonna make it. Which leads me to the question I want to ask you, AJ, if you got one. I'm not sure. Uh, what is your worst story about oversleeping? You know, uh, actually, I want to take that in a different direction. There are, I'm sure, times that I've overslept for some things. But I do want to say I can truly sympathize uh, with with Marcelo Zuna because there, when you oversleep and you wake up, there's just this sheer feeling of panic when you wake up. I remember a couple of years ago, uh, when my wife and I had just gotten married, we were living in Lexington, Kentucky, and I was working at the Krispy Kreme Donuts factory. Uh, and one evening, I came home from work. I was exhausted. And I, I laid down in the bed, and I thought, I'll take a little nap. Uh, and, and so I, I fell asleep. I, over, I slept longer than I intended to, but I wake up, and I look at my phone, and it's 7 o'clock, and I think, oh, my gosh. I've slept two hours past the time I was supposed to be at work. So I immediately jumped out of bed, threw the covers off, and uh, accidentally called a guy at work named Jerry. Uh, I'm not sure why. And I said, Jerry, Jerry, I'm so sorry. I didn't even mean to call you, but uh, I'll be there in just a few minutes. And uh, Jerry said, uh, they uh, asked you to come back in. And looked down at my phone and realized it was 7 p.m. So uh, Jerry was very confused. And uh, I laid back down. <laughs> You know, but I felt the panic. I understand. Marcel, I get it. You you wanted to be at the game. He did. He Things was... just didn't go right. You know, I get it. Oh, this was funny. It says St. Louis pitcher uh, Michael Waka didn't even know Azuna wasn't in the lineup until rookie Tyler O'Neill stepped up to the plate in the second inning. He said that stuff happens. I heard he set multiple alarms. I'm Some people it. honestly sleep right through them. He's a great teammate. He's a great guy in the clubhouse. No hard feelings there. I mean, who among us? Yeah. The only difference is, is you know, you were working at Krispy Kreme. Yeah. Uh, this guy is playing for the Cardinals. Quite a bit of money involved. Now on to the political world. All right, so on to the political world. I know that you guys have heard about this. Trump canceled the Singapore nuclear summit meeting uh, with Kim Jong-un uh, that was scheduled for June 12th. Uh, Trump accused North Korea of tremendous anger and open hostility. Uh, of course, this would have been the uh, first face-to-face -face encounter between a sitting U.S. president and a North Korean leader. And Trump wrote, 
you talk about your nuclear capabilities, but ours are so massive and powerful that I pray to God that they will never have to be used. What's your thoughts on this, Andy? I also pray to God that <laughs> he never has to use them. Yes, yes. But here's, here's, here's my doubt. You really think Trump doesn't want to use these nuclear weapons? You know he does. Like, just, just to see it. <laughs> right. Like, there's got to be some curiosity. Yeah. Like, to be able to say, I was the only president. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying Trump wants to kill a lot of people. Don't get me wrong. Right? I'm just no, saying, no. who doesn't personally, from a distance, want to see what it looks like when a nuclear bomb goes off? Not killing anyone, of course, but like out in the desert. Like, yeah. That sounds cool to see. Right. And... You know, no, this isn't this isn't a, a diss on Trump at all. But you're telling me you wouldn't get a high on that power? I mean, I'm sure you do. I mean, that is the most powerful position in the world. You got to get high on it. I mean, I flex on like when I have just like tiny bits of power. Right. You know, let alone like world destroying power Trump has, which right. is a terrifying. I'm, thought. Sh- I'm sure when <laughs> Trump is in meetings or any president for that matter. If they want to click their pin, they can click their pin. Who's going to tell them, you know, stop stop messing with that pin. That's annoying. You're not going to tell the president, hey, you can't click that pin. Kind of like when you were using the uh, lighter earlier. <laughs> that, see, is, that is great content. See, I'm there. currently yearning for the power that, that the president <laughs> has. Since you don't have the nuclear codes, I can tell you to stop being so annoying. But, hey, I was going to mention this kind of scenario reminds me of every single encounter I've had with a girl the past decade. How's that? Okay. Uh, did you have any belief that North Korea was being legit here? Like, they, they said they were going to have a meeting. They said they were going to denuclearize. Denuclearize. Did you believe them at any point in time? Uh, when they first made the announcement, I was feeling pretty hopeful. And there were naysayers out there saying, you know, this is just another one of these episodes where they're going to say this and think they're going to rescind. And But I, I was feeling optimistic. I was hoping for the best. I was thinking maybe the meeting would happen. Uh, you know, they were talking about uh, de-arming, denuclearizing, having these meetings. So I was hopeful at the beginning. But the last week or so, there's been sort of this uh, une- this sense of unease, and uh, I-, I have continually lost hope that this will happen until they made the announcement. Right. Well, you know, I heard that they did destroy site, yep. and then I saw today that Trump said, uh, this is Friday, by the way, I heard that Trump said, hey, there's still a chance it could happen. But this is what it's basically like. Uh, I'm interested in a girl. It seems like she's interested I start getting the vibe she's actually not, and then I cancel everything. I'm like, yeah, this is over, actually. Uh, That's basically what Trump's done. Uh, He sensed interest in a girl. He was sniffing that Nobel Peace Prize. Could you imagine if Trump won a Nobel Peace Prize? I bet that would go right on his desk. Right. That's. I think that's what Trump was fishing for. you know. And so then he realizes, wait, this girl really ain't that into me. And he's like, I was never into her anyway. Yeah. Like, I'm really not that interested. That's basically what I'm seeing here um, from and President Trump. that's happened Trump. to you a lot. That has happened to me a lot. Anyway, moving on. One of the things we want to do on Matt Dixon is Bad Observer is to interview some interesting people. Uh, and A.J. Millsaps is here all the way from Philadelphia, and so I thought I had to bring him into the studio to ask him a few questions. Uh, so, A.J., as you said, you are a student 
at Westminster Theological Seminary yep. in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. How would you describe your time in seminary so far? Uh, it's been an interesting year. I just finished up my first year. I started back in July of last year taking uh, courses in Hebrew. Uh, and then, of course, had classes straight from then until uh, last week. I uh, took, took a Greek course in the winter. So it's been busy, but it's been it's been good. It's uh, Classes have went well. I uh, feel like it has been a, a good time of growth and, and learning uh, for me on a number of levels. Uh, but still, you know, of course, still trying to get used to uh, living up north. That's mm. that's definitely new. What is the most important thing you learned year one? Oh, the most important thing I learned, I would say for me, it's been uh, it's been the languages. Mm. Uh, you know, nowhere near having mastered them, uh, not as sharp on them as I would like to be. Uh, but I think I think those tools are invaluable. But uh, I mean, uh, really horrible learning experience, you know, mm. just truly unenjoyable. Say something in Greek for us. Chirain. <laughs> Say something in Hebrew. Shalom. Okay, well, that's not very impressive. Anyway, cool, cool. All right, so some of our listeners think that seminary culture yeah. is odd. Have you ever heard something like that? Like, seminary culture is... Bad or I've seen like some internet trolls sort of insinuating that sort of thing, but right. I know it, I know at least the thought the thought is out there. And you know you gotta say there's a little bit of validity. Sure. Sure. Okay. What's the oddest thing about seminary culture you've experienced? Uh, people tend to take themselves really seriously, like way too seriously, and and so if you were just a neutral observer. Uh, and you uh, got to l- listen in on some of the conversations that just happened in the in the hallway. You would think this is just absolutely the most asinine conversation that I've ever heard on. on you know, like some examples. Uh, just stuff on theological minutia. Uh, you know, well, and, and and not to downplay. You know, don't get me wrong. You know, when you get into finer details about the, the eternal decree of God and stuff like this, these are very important theological concepts. Don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to downplay the uh, theological importance of those things, uh, but some people really seem to have fun uh, having those conversations. And me, I just consider myself a normal person. <laughs> so you don't enjoy uh, the yeah, typical uh, seminary conversation? Not a lot of them. Uh, you know, interested in those topics, but. Uh, those are usually not the first things that come to mind when I want to have a casual conversation. Gotcha. Gotcha. Had any awkward moments? Uh, recently, uh, just this past week, I was talking to, uh, you know, like I said, I had uh, Hebrew last semester. I uh, took three courses, but I took some over the summer, so it was all kind of compacted um, there between summer and fall last year. And just last week, I was at church, and I was talking to my seminary professor and uh, you could just tell, you could see in his eyes that he knew uh, that I hadn't been practicing my Hebrew as much as uh, as I should. It felt a little embarrassing. Mm. You could, mm-hmm. you could, you you knew that he knew, and we didn't have to say it. Right, that never happens in Tennessee. Never happens. Nobody in ever is wondering how you're doing in your Hebrew. No. Yeah. Okay. So. Just so you know, uh, AJ is a member of the Orthodox Presbyterian Church, yep. which is not as weird as it sounds. 
Sounds, I get it. It sounds weird. Sounds weird. If, uh, particularly if you're a Baptist, and I am on Baptist Observer, so. Right. This is Baptist Observer, where we are observing life from a Baptist perspective. Uh, and so a lot of things are going on in the Southern Baptist world, and even as an Orthodox Presbyterian, it's probably impossible to escape no. um, all of the Southern Baptist uh, drama and ongoing and everything leading up to the convention coming up in June. So as an outsider looking in, what's the funniest thing about Southern Baptist? Oh, the funniest thing about Southern Baptist. Uh, I think the funniest thing for me... About and don't be mean about this. I'm going to try. <laughs> He's going to try uh, to be mean. Not to be mean. Uh, Southern Baptists share a trait with seminary students in that they really take themselves seriously. Mm. Um, and I know... I. Here, full, full disclosure, I did grow up a Southern Baptist, and so I grew up uh, with the mindset that there were Southern Baptists and there were people who were wrong. And uh, the different names for other denominations were just uh, ways to name other errors. And so that was sort of the mindset I had. Uh, and I, f- I run into a lot of Baptists that just kind of assume, uh, just assume that every Baptist stands on everything is correct. And that level of seriousness... Uh, and that level of, of assurance, it just it's I find it funny because it's hard for me to take serious sometimes. Mm, cool. All right, so what we're going to do is just to close out the uh, the is that is that really funny though? It's not really. It's just you're just well, it, you really cut you're me off at mean. the you cut me off at the knees when you said I couldn't be mean. <laughs> okay, give you one chance to be mean. Give me one chance to be mean. Uh, well, most of the things they do in church are just a total mess. Uh, like like the songs and like the way this with the services ran and like uh, kids programs and stuff hate all of it hate all of it. Uh, I would like to interject that uh, AJ Millsaps does not reflect the views of Baptist Observer, the Southern Baptist Convention, or the Baptist Observer himself. I I would also like to say that I. My views do not reflect on uh, the official stances of the Orthodox Presbyterian <laughs> Church or Westminster Theological Seminary. Nothing I've said here today is representative of either of those institutions. Okay. Hey, just uh, just one last thing. I want to do a, a Baptist blast okay. with you where I'm just going to throw out some topics um, from Baptist life. I want to get your quick uh, hot take on him. Okay. All right, number one. Th- he, he, this was not planned. He doesn't know what's coming his way. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a little scared about um, this. So here we go. Number one, Baptist hymnal. Baptist hymnal. Uh, throw it out. <laughs> Bill Gaither. Bill Gaither. Love the guy, but uh, would never <laughs> sing his songs in church. <laughs> Paige Patterson. Uh, pass. <laughs> short-term mission trips. Short-term mission trips. Uh, more like short-term vacations to see poor people. <laughs> you probably never... <laughs> this song but reckless love what do you think about the song reckless love uh already hate it haven't heard it guitars and worship music uh well can be okay probably bad john piper john piper uh i'll give him a pass because he's old but i've got some uh i've got some nits to pick (laughs) and last but not least beth moore beth moore Hey guys, sorry guys. What, I, that's all I got on that. I know that's the wrong thing to say. Again, my views stated here today do not reflect 
the official opinions of either the Orthodox Presbyterian Church or Westminster <laughs> Theological Seminary. Or the Baptist Observer, or the Southern Baptist Convention, or Matt Dixon. And this is, Matt Dixon is Baptist Observer. You got any last words for us, AJ? Uh, just, you know, uh, I think a lot of the problems we could solve uh, that we've discussed here today would be solved if everybody would just uh, go to church. So, go to church on Sunday, turn off that TV, and uh, the only place you should be... Sunday's church. Sorry, I was gonna take that another direction. When you uh, when you go, uh, when we go to church on Sunday, does the Southern Baptist Church count? It it does, but uh, you know. Hey, you heard it here first. According to AJ Millsaps, the Baptist Church does count as a church. So rest assured, thank you for listening to the Baptist Observer. But hey, why settle if you have to? <laughs> Okay, Uh, Baptist Observer is out. That I love